0: Welcome to Vision Forge. It's Bobby Jankovic. I'm the broker of Remax Capital. This is where iron sharpens iron. And I want to thank you for joining me. And I want to thank the feelies for getting me rolling today and in the mood with some crazy rhythms. Today, I want to talk about financial aspect of real estate. You're a real estate agent, you're a real estate broker. And I find when I talk to a lot of the agents in my office, there's some confusion about the planning that needs to take place, and the way to, frankly, just run a business. So I've got it broken down into four sections. Let's get rolling with it. The number one top section I have is planning, and you've always got to be planning. So let's go through it. Well, I hope you've got a goal, and it should be based on a few different things. Obviously, you've got to have a goal based on the needs of your your situation. It's going to include your family and your personal needs. And I think that we all should agree that you're going to want to include the wants, your financial needs, for the your financial requirements for the wants that you have in life. If you're not sure how to categorize or come up with those wants, ask your family. They'll help you decide what they want. That's for sure. And if you're having a little trouble quantifying the needs that you have, just go ahead and look back at two years of expenses. If you haven't kept track of them, take a look at your tax returns. Um, take a look and just at your check register or your online banking and take a snapshot of a few months, uh, calculate it out for a year. The further you can go back in time, the better the picture you can get of what it's going to require you for another 12 months going forward. I think you should have a pretty good sense of it. You're basically going to be adding up the total cost to fund the needs of your life, such as your housing, whether it's rent or mortgage, uh, the amount of money you need to spend at the grocery store, the amount of money you need to spend to keep the lights on, keep the phone going, keep the heat going, and insurance, things like this. That's your planning. It's not sexy, but you've got to do it. Um, and you need to write it down. I, I really ex- expect or suggest that you take a look at using an Excel spreadsheet. Um, they're not terribly complicated to use. Uh, if it's not something that is on your ability list, go ahead and just use a Word document or pen and paper works for that matter. Um, but I do encourage you to use the Excel spreadsheet or get it, to become something that you are familiar using because it is a very helpful tool and um, it's frankly uh, something that I think every business person should know how to do. All right, running through the planning, I want you to consider breaking your annual goals into smaller quarterly goals. Now, I'm starting to to get you to make a transition from expenses into income because we have two sides Of the equation here we've been talking about our expenses getting a sense of what it costs to run our business for an entire year I want you to break that down into quarterly goals and even monthly goals that's each one is going to look identical when you do that simply dividing by 12 to get your monthly goals we know that every month is not the same but again it gives us an average to look for I want to take the time to introduce also a book that was useful to me. Uh, It's called The 12-Week Year by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington, The 12-Week Year. It's an interesting take on um, planning for a 12-week period and using that 13th week of the quarter to sort of reassess, uh, take a break, and plan again for another 12-week year. The advantages of doing this are that you don't get lost in an entire um, year's worth of planning. Next November, for instance, what does that even mean? It's hard for me to to picture what I'm going to be doing in the summer, let alone next fall, because we just came out of Christmas and uh, you know, heading into the new year. I, I can't focus on September, October, November of next year. But what I can get a good, clear picture of, is January, February, March, okay? And you don't have to use those months. You can start this at any time. It's it's not it's it is arbitrary. It's not locked in to our regular calendar. So consider taking a look at the twelve week year by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington. So lastly, on the expense side, you need to know your expenses. Your needs should include business expenses also. You've got MLS dues. You've got realtor dues. You've got key fees. You've got advertising expenses. And I know this is an ugly word, but essentially what we are coming up with is a budget. And I think you have to be willing to commit to a budget, at least the budgeting process. Not a lot of people like hearing this. It kind of smacks of the accountability word, which is another word that people tend to shy away from. For instance, we're independent contractors here in our business, and we like that first word, don't we, independence, because nobody can really tell us what to do, and that includes ourselves sometimes. Well, you've got to commit to letting yourself be accountable and be held accountable, and part of that means writing this stuff down, becoming a budget-oriented person for your business, Um, I'm going to point you again, if you don't know or don't have a good sense of your business expenses, you need to take a look at the schedule C on your tax return. Um, that will, is essentially a roadmap for expenses. Well, let me put it this way. It's a roadmap for allowable expenses. So take a look at it. It's very easy to find if you don't have a copy of your recent taxes, we'll first of all, you should, that would be uh, pretty pretty rough if you didn't have access to your recent tax records. You can get a look at the modern Schedule C by just dropping that phrase into a Google search and it'll take you right to the form and it'll take you right to the instructions. Um, let's move into the execution phase of our financial discussion. Um, if your goals are reasonable, you should be able to achieve... Modest routine steps towards your goal throughout the year. We've talked about moving that total goal into 12 monthly goals or dividing it by uh, four to get it into quarterly goals. Um, What you might want to consider doing now is taking those and dividing them into weekly and daily tasks. Now we're on to the income side of the equation so you have a sense of the expenses that you need to fund yourself for the year let's go ahead and see what do i need to earn each month to make my goals happen all right well you're not in real estate going to make the same amount of money each week Um, you know there are ways to do that i'm not going to say it's impossible but for the large part real estate agents have unpredictable income Um, and there are ways to even it out and smooth it out, which is a whole different discussion. But we know that there are months that are stronger than others. So, But we do want to see what is our monthly income target so that we can start to plan our activities later on to meet those targets. Um, I'm going to strongly advise you to utilize a calendar, such as a Google Calendar, for tracking your due dates of your expenses. Um, You can color code them to match different categories on your Schedule C. For instance, you may have um, MLS dues coded in red, um, and they're due every month or every quarter. Um, and that's going to show you a, a good a good financial picture when you go to complete your taxes that you can tap back into your Google Calendar and find those expenses. Um, you want to separate your spending into personal and business. This is pretty important because when it comes to tax time, you know, you've got to have those things separate so that you don't confuse and uh, try to write off things that aren't legitimate business expenses. Uh, one way to easily do that is to go ahead and get yourself a separate credit card. You may already have two or three credit cards in your wallet or your purse. Go ahead and identify one of them as a business credit card um, and only use it for business expenses. There is not a problem with using a single card for personal and business. It just becomes a little bit more murky when you're trying to separate at the time when you're Identifying business and personal, I I don't remember what I was doing. Uh, that trip to the restaurant may or have been personal. It may have been business. I just don't know, and so you become a little bit clouded. Um, or that trip trip would probably be a little bit easier to remember. But still, if it's on a specific business card or it was written out of a specific account, you're going to find it a lot easier to recall and identify and substantiate a business expense and and i can't overstate that enough if you are planning on making uh an expense on your business uh schedule c for tax purposes you must be prepared to prove that expense to the irs in case of audit because the way that that will work if you do ever find yourself in an audit situation is The IRS will simply disallow the expense um, and then reassess you the tax without that write-off. And if you want any hope of reclaiming that write-off, you must perform an exacting proof of the expense. And it's not just a story about it. You have to have literal proof, which probably exceeds the burden of proof in a court of law. So... Anytime you're claiming something, make sure you have substantial proof in writing of the reasons why you are claiming it. Um, So in addition to your separate credit cards, take it a little further. Go down and get a separate business checking and a separate business savings account. That way, there's just no questions uh, about where those expenses are coming from and where they should be attributed. Um, I want you to plan ahead and document and be able to prove those expenses. Again, if you're having trouble uh, knowing the rules instead of, or I'm sorry, in addition to getting your Schedule C, go ahead and get the um, instructions for that Schedule C and go ahead and read through it. A lot of those uh, instructions are going to deal with things that do not apply to real estate agents. There's a lot of thing on a schedule C that has to do with uh, large equipment and employees and time off and things that we, most of us generally just have nothing to do with in real estate. So, but it is a very important uh, read. If you don't want to take any time doing that, I say, get yourself an accountant. All right. Next category is going to be our strategy. If you want to commit to tracking, you can work your strategy into place. You want to track your results to watch your expenses and your income. And you can use an app or a simple spreadsheet in Excel to do this. If you want to go old school and, and just use pen and paper, there's no problem with that. Darren Hardy, uh, in the book, um, uh, goodness, I'll think of it in a second. He describes oh, the compound effect by Darren Hardy. He describes his ascendance into getting his mind right by working with one of his mentors who basically said, look, kid, you're sharp, but if you don't get your expenses and you've got the income taken care of, but if you don't get your expenses in order, you're going to go broke and you're going to go bankrupt. And he gave him a pad of paper, just a little notepad, and told him to write down every expense for a week and then however small it was, whether it was parking, whether it was a cup of coffee, write everything down that you spend. And that exercise was probably one of the most profound things that happened to him. So it didn't take any fancy app on a phone. It didn't take uh, a spreadsheet. It just took him committing for the period of a week, writing down every time he spent any money. And what happens is you become amazed at where you put your money. But if you want to go apps, uh, there's a few out there. Biz Expense Tracker, Shoeboxed, Expensify, and For Receipt are just a few that I noted on the interwebs. Um, So your tracking is going to allow you to identify what works and what is not working so that you can fine-tune, reallocate, and improve. You can think about this on the expense side, but you can also start to think about it on the income side for our discussion coming up. I want you to look for patterns. I want you to make connections and fix what needs fixing and dump the rest. Don't obsess over small abnormalities, all right? Especially if you know the root cause. So if your budget is off for the month and I don't want you to beat yourself up um, because we do have to recall that this is a business that has unpredictable outcomes sometimes. If your phone breaks, and you've got to suddenly replace it, um, you're going to be off that month. And you just have to swallow that pill and move on. Um, And just remember, averages are the products of extremes. Um, Pay more attention to your routine day, month, and weekly patterns. If you start to see major abnormalities, chances are you didn't correctly budget that expense And so you may need to go back and tinker. And that's exactly what the budget process does. It's just supposed to be a reflection of what our game is on the ground. Uh, Things you can do to curb expenses without impacting your business in a negative way. Go ahead and look for old subscriptions to websites or magazines or newspapers that you're just not utilizing anymore. Um, If you're paying for them and you're not using them, you need to cut them out. All right, Um, or if you're going to commit to keeping to pay for it, find a way to utilize it in your business so that it produces income. Take services that you have that you want to keep and you want to call and negotiate new terms. Look for cheaper alternatives. Um, Don't walk away, but be willing to walk away. And you can be willing to walk away by having a backup plan. If it's a service that you felt has been useful in the past, um, but that you're not using it as much anymore, you'd like to again call them up, let them know, see if they've got any special deals. You might find yourself walking away with a cost savings. This is I see people do this all the time with their insurance. Um, doing this, you might find easily that you could free up a thousand dollars in your budget over the course of the year. You might reapply that to marketing to your past clients. What would that do for your business? That simple act might generate two, three, or four more transactions for the year. My last focus for the day on this discussion of finances in real estate is application. I want you to be very careful when your commission comes in. Uh, Our commission is not divisible to the whole dollar. You're dealing with a raw dollar that has other applications. One of the biggest mistakes agents new and uh, new and experienced make is they take that commission and they treat it as though it is all expendable. And it's not. You absolutely must pay taxes. You must consider other benefits that you are not afforded by your work, such as health insurance, retirement, sick leave. Emergency fund, etc. If you're spending every commission dollar that comes in on wants and needs, you you're not going to be um, you're you're going to be hurting at some point in the future because the tax bill is going to come in. Um, if your health insurance isn't covered by your spouse, you're going to have a hard time there. If you get sick and you can't work, you're going to have a really hard time. Um, you might consider looking at a product like Aflac, Um, for disability insurance of some type, or just when you have an accident, it might be some wise planning. I want you to consider diversifying your income. You could have multiple streams of income as a realtor. Um, Are you working with buyers and sellers? Well, most likely you are. Have you worked with tenants and landlords? Might be something to consider. Property management can be um, very difficult. In fact, it is extremely difficult. However, the one thing it does provide, uh, a couple of things that it provides, is a steady stream of income, and if it's treated right, it's a natural farm of business for your listing and selling. Um, Landlords eventually want to buy and sell, and tenants eventually want to buy and get out of uh, a lease. Um, you might consider referral income as a very important source that you haven't paid enough attention to. There's incoming and there's outgoing referrals. Um, you also are on the front line of real estate and you can make part of your business plan investing in real estate. You might purchase a rental property. You might consider a buy, fix and sell. You might um, do all sorts of things, go in with partners and purchase a commercial building. Uh, There's any number of things that you can do in real estate, but you're on the front lines. You have the most update uh, information available to you and you get a discount because you can utilize your commission. Uh, And that, that, puts you in a special place and it also helps you put your money where your mouth is when you start talking to clients you can talk as an investor and you can help your income goals by supporting your business by investing in real estate this could be the most important thing that i say today i want you to invest in relationships you're always going to work to strengthen relationships with other practitioners vendors your clients and just the public in general. If you're doing nothing else this week, I want you to build up a handful of relationships, start a couple of new ones, and you will have helped yourself and helped those that you interacted with. We're in the service business, all right? Real estate is a service business. If you don't have a service mindset, you're probably only driving the car with two cylinders instead of four. You need to operate on all four cylinders, and invest in with a service mindset. How may I help you? What can I do for you today? You know, you don't have to say those words, but that has to be your spirit. What can I do for you? I want to help. And you have to feel that all the time, or as often as possible. And another really important thing I want to say as we're ending out our discussion on finances is... Have a business reserve to get you through the downtimes. If you do your business planning correctly, these downtimes should not happen, or they should happen very infrequently. However, we haven't talked a lot about income planning, so even in the best laid plans of mice and men, there is going to be some downtime. You must have reserves. You must have business reserves that can get you through because it's going to give you the financial muscle to have confidence in your deeper abilities. When you're starting to try to make decisions on how to conduct business from a point of financial weakness, you're challenged to make decisions that are conservative and might not be in the best interest of the entire situation. So... If you have money in the bank, you don't have to sweat and you can make the proper decisions until your business pipeline is flowing again. You can start small, start with a month, two months, then build it to three or four. But I would like to see you aim to have six or eight months of business reserves. That gives you so much flexibility and confidence And it's just the proper way to do business. I want to thank you for joining me today on Mission Forge. I hope you found the content valuable and of use to you. Please take it to heart, and and I hope it improves your business and your approach to doing real estate in this world we live in. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. Bobby Jankovic, talk to you later.